Hello, I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and you're listening to The West Walk. Questions about China interfering in Canada's democracy and meddling in the 2019 and 2021 federal elections have been swirling around Parliament Hill for months now. But the issue has really been heating up over the past week. The much-anticipated Rosenberg report came out, noting senior civil servants found there was foreign interference in the 2021 election, but that it was not significant enough to affect the legitimacy of the result. And parliamentarians grilled senior national security officials about who knew what when, on China's interference in Canada's democracy. There were not a lot of answers, but the committee did pass a recommendation for a public inquiry. If you're wondering what all of this means, you're not alone. So we've brought in two former senior public servants to talk about this. Joining me now is former Privy Council Clerk Michael Wernick and former Communications and Security Establishment Assistant Deputy Minister Arthur Wilczynski. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. You are both experts on how government works and intelligence, so we wanted to put some of these questions to you. The first big one is trust, I think. Canadians are wondering, what is the truth in all this? We heard the Prime Minister say on Friday, basically everything is fine again. Sure, there's concerns, but everything is fine. Start with you, Michael. Is everything fine when it comes to foreign interference? Well, I think uh, one of the driving issues here is retaining the confidence of Canadians, trust of Canadians in not just elections, but their political institutions, their democracy, in politicians. So the issue is much broader than where it started a few weeks ago about China's role in a specific election. I, I think we do now have an issue about uh, retaining Canadians' trust in, in their de democratic process. And how do you think that needs to be addressed? So I think as transparency is essential, and I think transparency uh, is something that we can do more of within the security intelligence community. But I think, uh, as Michael said, you know, restoring Canadians' trust in, in all institutions of our democracy are important. So there's two elements of that. One, we have to have uh, an appropriate retrospective look at, at, at what happened. And I think we have some really important institutions in Canada that can help us do that. Uh, things like the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians that is specifically was created to address these kinds of things. And the National Security and Intelligence Review Agency. Both of these organizations were recently created by Parliament. They have a role to, to look at this. They have the, the skill set, the equipment, and the classification needed to look at, at intelligence, but then we need to look forward. What can government institutions and leaders do to restore Canadians' confidence in our democratic institutions and to be ready for the evolving threat of foreign interference in Canada? And the reality is there could be an election at any time. We are in a minority situation, and it may not be the NDP who pulls the rug. It could be Justin Trudeau deciding this file's getting too hot. And it seems like there's still not a, a lot of answers and to to your point, Arthur, about uh, transparency, why do you think it is that we have all these senior government officials and, and we keep hearing that's classified, that's classified. Obviously, some of it is classified, mm -hmm. but you have intelligence agencies leaking information to journalists because they're so concerned, uh, is what these sources are telling us, about what's going on. What should we mo know that you know from your time in government about what this interference look like, looks like uh, and how closely intelligence agencies are paying attention to it? Well, first of all, there's, there's not a black and white definition of what is interference or inter, uh, inappropriate interference. We're an open country and there are lots of uh, embassies in this town and, and foreign companies and journalists and advocates uh, trying to influence the policies of, of the government of Canada. And there are lots of Canadians who have strong views about international affairs. There's nothing wrong with that. 
What, what uh, the worry is, is tampering in the actual processes of, of elections uh, so that you aren't getting the free and fair outcome, which is, you know, expresses the will of Canadians. Uh, but as I keep saying, it's, it's more than just elections. There is the entire period in between uh, the conduct of political parties, government institutions, and so on. Uh, it's a broad set of issues. And the front line of it these days is disinformation and misinformation campaigns, and they come from all corners of the world. So uh, there's more to it than, than just one country, and there's more to it than, uh, than just uh, you know, agents of foreign governments uh, uh, that are you know, openly uh, working for them. So uh, it's not... It's not that easy to detect, and uh, you know the tools uh, for dealing with it, um, you know, would often land in law enforcement. Um, I don't think uh, everybody understands that our security intelligence agencies collect information, very important information, uh, but the decisions about whether to press charges or arrest somebody rest with an independent uh, police and an independent uh, crown attorneys. And they, they set a very, very high threshold for that. And, and that's why there's a, a lot of, I think, concern about uh, illegal disclosures is because those disclosures have the potential effect of, of impeding the ability of law enforcement, impeding uh, intelligence agencies to actually access the information that is required in order to help mitigate the risk posed by, by foreign interference. Mm -hmm. Sources could be compromised. Individuals who, are, uh, who work in the domain can be compromised. And the investigations themselves can be compromised by this kind of leak. Uh, and at the end of the day, what national security and intelligence agencies are there for is to provide information to policymakers so that they then in turn can make decisions that are in the national interest. If those are, are hindered, if that ability is hindered by disclosures, the, you know, the ability to see what's happening, the ability to then mitigate the risks to Canadian communities, to Canadian institutions is hampered. And so that's not in our interest. Just use an analogy that any journalist would recognize. You know the importance of confidential sources to a journalist. And you know how it, how easy it would be sometimes to triangulate and figure out, oh, that must be the source. Um, and so the same in security and intelligence. There is uh, a balancing act that uh, you need enough transparency to retain that trust and confidence. But if you go too far, then you reveal collection methods and sources, and, and you, would, you would compromise your future ability to keep gathering that information. And it sounds like some of the frustration from the intelligence sources we're working with is that they, they don't feel they're being heard or that those investigations are being taken. And that's obviously their perception. But I do want to ask you, Arthur, when you were at... CSE, which some of our viewers might not know what that is. It's our signals intelligence our agency. Signals intelligence. So you can intercept, not from Canadians, but from foreign Correct. actors, uh, uh, emails, phone calls, internet traffic. You're monitoring all that. So you would see a lot of the discussion about this. When you were in your position there, how serious was foreign interference? Foreign interference is an absolutely key uh, intelligence priority for the government of Canada. I think that, that, that the integrity of our democratic institutions is a core national interest. And uh, intelligence priorities are set by what our national interests are. So uh, you know, our role within the communication security establishment is that foreign intelligence component to look outside uh, of Canada, to look at what the intents and capabilities are of, of hostile actors. And it's one of the reasons why the communication security establishment both in 2019 and in 21 issued a threat 
uh, assessment. What are the threats to Canadian elections? Because it was important to have that kind of transparency with Canadians, to tell them uh, to be mindful, to tell political parties uh, that they, they need to protect their, uh, their, uh, their technology and their, their, their data and their cyber systems, because uh, it's persistent, it's growing, and it's becoming more sophisticated. And I think that this is why, uh, looking forward, in terms of not just understanding what happened in 2019 and 2021, that's important, but how do we continue to have this conversation in a transparent way so that Canadians know what are the security agencies doing to protect the electoral systems, what are officers of parliament like uh, you know, the, uh, the elections commissioner and uh, the head of elections Canada, what are they doing, what are political parties doing uh, to ensure that we have the right calibrated approach uh, to mitigate risks to our, to our dem democracy. It's foundational and it's ongoing. I think the Australian spy chief came out and gave a really transparent speech about some of what they've mm -hmm. been doing. The Americans are generally more transparent. There certainly seems to be a push or a hope for that. I don't know if it'll work in Canada. But looking forward into what needs to change, you mentioned, Michael, about the nomination process and the in-between in elections. I think a lot of viewers hear election interference and what they're imagining is direct attempts to influence voters or to change a vote versus to place people before an election happens or to put people in rooms who can overhear things or influence things. Uh, it's a tough thing to root out, but there are some things the government could do from the public inquiry to try to get to the bottom mm -hmm. of some of this to foreign influence laws or a foreign agents registry. Having been in a position where you could see this kind of intelligence and how government works, what do you think needs to happen? Well, we're, we're having a debate about, an, uh, about whether to have an inquiry, a retrospective exercise. I would not uh, have it only about China, and I wouldn't have it only about elections. If we're going to do it, let's do it properly and cover the whole spectrum of potential interference. My, my point on the inquiry is we don't have to wait a year and a half for its findings. I can tell you the findings already. It will recommend that we take the Australian and UK models of foreign interference legislation and registration and bring them to Canada. So there's nothing stopping our politicians from working on that legislation in parallel. The government could commit to table a bill like that before the summer break and, and our politicians could debate it, amend it, make it better and pass it by the end of the year. I also think that, that transparency through that kind of process is important and to, to make it a systemic approach for our security intelligence agencies as well. Mm -hmm. I think having conversation about the role of intelligence in the middle of a crisis is not a productive or informed conversation. I think that, that the kind of exercise that could be a little bit more deliberative, that makes concrete recommendations, and that at the end of the day, security intelligence agencies in Canada are more transparent mm -hmm. with what they do, how they do it, why they do it, I think will provide provide Canadians with the confidence they need that our organizations are there to protect them and to protect Canadian democracies so that uh, people know that when they do go into the ballot, uh, to the ballot booth, uh, that they, uh, that their vote is free and fair and that they can have confidence that the systems of our, of our democracy are there in their interests. Michael and Arthur, thank you both very much for joining us today. A really interesting conversation and we look forward to speaking to you both again soon. Thanks for thank you. MPs are back in Ottawa tomorrow after a two-week break, and you can expect the Prime Minister will be facing opposition questions about how his government has responded to foreign interference allegations in the last two federal elections. Opposition leader Pierre Polyev says Justin Trudeau should call a public inquiry. We can't simply bury it behind closed doors and have it in secret. 
while Canadians are left in the dark, potentially with another election interfered in before the results of the commission come out. The results of the commission and the regular testimony must be public. Justin Trudeau has resisted calls for an inquiry saying his government is taking the issue seriously. We have the process that we put in place that is professional, independent people working with the public service to make sure thresholds are met. To talk about all of this, I'm joined by our Inside Politics panel. Bob Fife is the Ottawa Bureau Chief with the Globe and Mail, and Stephanie Lovitz is with the Toronto Star. A big week on the foreign interference in China file. Steph, how do you think the Liberals have handled this? You know, Justin Trudeau has ducked more questions than there have been spy balloons shot down by NORAD over this one, really. And, That's saying and, something. And that is saying something, because he's been asked numerous times over numerous days to explain himself, to talk about how much information he had, to defend specific MPs that have been accused of being direct, directly influenced by name um, by the Chinese state. And he ducks it every time, which, which leads us to wonder... Um, why can't Canadians have more information from the Prime Minister? And I know that it's interesting because he doesn't even trot out the national security line, like I can't comment because it's a matter of national security. He just ducks and weaves and bobs around it. And that is adding uh, increasing fuel, I think, to the political fire around this because perhaps with some measure of additional transparency, we could get some answers and that could see some of the pressure fall off. Bob, why do you think they won't provide these basic answers. I mean, we've asked multiple times about what he knew about allegations against a Liberal MP. That Liberal MP denies those allegations, but the Prime Minister won't confirm or deny whether or not he, he knew about those allegations. And if he didn't, you know, it would be beneficial for him maybe to say he didn't, but maybe that throws well, staff under the bus. I mean, what's, what's the he's calculation? he all over here? the map. When these stories started to come out, based on CISA's documents, by the way, he said his first thing was, CISA's hunt down these people. Not that I, not saying I should be really we should really be concerned about it. Hunt down these people who are leaking this sort of stuff. And then he said, "Well, there's nothing to see here because we've always mentioned before that there has been interference in election campaigns." And then he said, "Oh, the the political parties are being partisan and they're undermining democracy." And then when you did uh, Global did the story about Liberal MP Ham Dong, he resorted to racism that this is racism by uh, doing this. Uh, and now, and now he's saying that there's there's absolutely no he's he's resisting.